Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. Hey, welcome back. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you seven of the mindset shifts that I think are most valuable to make on your healing journey. Working with your mind and the thoughts you think is essential because every thought that you think, every word that you speak influences the choices that you make, the actions that you take, and then the impact of those actions, right? So when you're wanting to improve your eating habits, your eating patterns, one place you have to look at is how do I also improve my thinking habits and thinking patterns? Both go hand in hand. Let's dive right in. The first mindset shift that I want you to make is to shift the meaning that you are making about your struggle and the challenge that you're having with food, eating, or your body. So the meaning that you may be making about your current struggle is that I'm a failure because I can't control my eating or I'm broken because I can't figure out how to fix this no matter what I try. When you make these conclusions, it reinforces a belief about yourself that's negative and isn't helpful in actually supporting you to make the changes you want to make. Just because you're struggling and it feels like you've been struggling for a very long time does not mean there's anything wrong with you, that you're a failure, or that you're broken. What it means is that you're human and that you've learned over your lifetime how to use food as a way to self-soothe and support yourself in avoiding pain and feeling better. It's been an adaptive behavior developed for your survival to keep you safe and avoid pain. In fact, what it points to is not that you're broken, but that you actually are highly adaptive, that your brain was able to come up with a way, a solution to support you when there were no other solutions available for you, either as a child or as an adult, when you were going through really intense emotional experiences. When you are an emotional eater, You are using food to self-regulate and self-soothe. There's an adaptive function. So it doesn't point to you being broken. It points to what is right with you, that your brain was actually responding to intense circumstances the best it could in that moment. Now that you're a little bit older, a little bit wiser, you understand that what was perhaps adaptive way back when you were a child or in a specific situation is no longer actually the most efficient or effective way to support yourself in feeling good. In fact, it's now having the opposite effect. It's contributing to you feeling bad about yourself, feeling bad physically if you're overeating or eating until you're uncomfortably full. And so there's an opportunity to shift this eating pattern and shift this behavior to actually support you now in feeling good. And instead of feeding your feelings, you get to learn how to feel your feelings. Given this, the mindset shift that you get to make is one from believing I'm a failure and broken because I'm struggling to, wow, 
my brain is doing what it knows to try and help me feel better. And now I get to support myself in finding new ways to effectively do that. Thank you for working brain. We're going to work differently now, and I'm going to show you how. It can also be really helpful to think about a greater meaning as to why you're struggling. Everybody goes through challenges in their life. Why do you think you are struggling with your relationship with food, eating, and your body? Is there a greater purpose behind it? And you might be thinking, no, Sarah, there's no purpose for this. But if you believe the saying that everything is happening for you, I want to challenge you to consider that maybe there actually is something greater that's at play here, that this struggle actually is for you, for your highest healing and highest good, when you can expand your perspective to recognize that there's a reason why I'm going through this struggle. What do you have to gain? What do you have to learn? Or who do you potentially have the opportunity to help? For example, if you're a mother Maybe you're going through this so that you can support your children and not having to go through what you went through so that you can break patterns that have been passed down through generations and be a pattern breaker in your family and be an example of what it is to be a woman who is at peace with herself and her body and who has quote unquote normal eating habits and a beautiful relationship with food. What if this journey is supporting you in becoming the role model that your children need of what it is to have a healthy relationship with food in your body. Using myself as an example, one of the meanings that I made out of my struggle when I had an eating disorder was that through my struggle, I was learning how to heal in order to then do the work that I'm doing to help other women. That meaning I latched onto, it gave me the fuel to keep going. It was a greater why That made me pick myself up off the floor when I felt like giving up because there was something greater than me at stake and someone's greater than me at stake. Sometimes when we don't fully love ourselves, it's hard to find the motivation to take care of ourselves. But when there are other beings that you care about more, like your children, like your clients, like others who are suffering on the world, then you're willing to keep going even when it's hard, even when it hurts. Even when you don't necessarily see the way forward, there's a determination to find a way. So find a meaning that really resonates with your heart and that feels like the fuel for you to keep going and to not be stuck and held back by your struggles just because you've been stuck in these patterns for so long. Allow the greater meaning to propel you forward. The second mindset shift to make is how you perceive your eating episodes. When you have an eating episode, whether it's an emotional eating episode, binge episode, or something of the likes, it's very common that the way the brain perceives those episodes is through the lens of judgment and shame. You might get frustrated at yourself, judge yourself for doing it again, wonder you know, if you're ever going to get better and go down that guilt, shame spiral. I know because I've gone round and round that merry-go-round many times and it's a biatch to get off, but entirely possible. And one of the mindset shifts that helped me get off that shame spiral, the beat myself up after an episode spiral and feel really shitty about myself was recognizing that every single eating episode is actually an opportunity 
to heal whatever was triggered inside contributing to that episode. It's an opportunity to actually go within and learn about yourself and actually meet your true need. It becomes the window to your healing, or sometimes I call it the springboard to dive into your inner world and uncover either what emotions are stirring that need to be processed or which emotional wounds from the past got activated that are contributing to the binging or what emotions you're carrying from other people that don't belong to you, or you reveal what soul hole you're trying to fill with food, right? There's so much that you learn when you shift from the perspective of this eating episode is a problem to this eating episode is part of my solution because it's revealing to me in the moment when my brain is telling me, keep eating, keep eating, keep eating, because it wants to feel better. It's revealing to me there is something right now in this moment that doesn't feel good. And that moment is your moment to actually facilitate healing for yourself, to actually break the pattern of feeding your feelings and pause and go within to feel what's arising, to regulate your nervous system, to process what's emerging. Your eating episodes are your key to salvation. If you understand the process of doing the inner work, when they arise. And this could happen in the moment that you have an eating episode and it can happen after the fact. So a lot of the work that I do with my clients, we're looking at what happened during the week. What were your eating patterns? Did you have any big episodes, any binges? And we use those moments. We go back in time and still access the content that was present in that moment. So it's not lost if it doesn't happen in real time. You can still retroactively do this work mindset shift number three to make immediately is to change the belief that your body is the enemy to the new belief that your body is your friend who is working with you not against you to help you experience health and wellness and feel your best it's just that your body needs a little bit more guidance and positive encouragement and love from you rather than the constant judgment and criticism. When you constantly judge and criticize your body, it's as if every single cell in the body responds to that. There's a harshness and the body contracts. The body holds on. The body defends itself. If you had a room full of people who were talking to you the way that you talk to yourself, of course your body would go into protection mode. So your body is responding to you. It's responding to the way you talk to it and the emotional energy that you direct towards it. When you start to perceive your body no longer as the enemy, but as your friend, that your body is your loyal companion who does actually desire well-being. That's all your body is doing is working 24-7 around the clock to ensure that every system in your body is doing its job to uh, allow you to stay alive. An enemy tries to kill you. Your body is trying to keep you safe. Here's an activity that you can do to help you start to make this mindset shift. It's called Dear Body. And what you do is you write a letter to your body. As if your body, you know, you guys are in this relationship like you are writing a letter to a boyfriend or an ex. Dear Body, here's all the reasons I'm mad at you. I hate you. The, the grudges that I'm holding, the hurts that I have, the, the judgments I have of you. And 
I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I want to repair this relationship. I don't want to be enemies anymore. I want to be best friends. I want to honor you and respect you and love you. And I want to feel loved and cared for by you. I want this to be a harmonious relationship. And I'm willing to make some changes. And I need you to make some changes. So here's what I'm committed to do. And here's what I'm asking you to do in response. Can we agree to work towards this together? So write that letter, that dear body letter. Just see what comes out when you sit down and start with dear body. But make sure that it includes the the repair, the commitment moving forward, that from this moment forward, I'm committed to working as your friend. And here is how that looks. And here is how that feels. Mindset shift number four, stop viewing your struggle as a willpower problem and begin to view it as a coping problem, a problem coping with stress, a problem coping with your triggers, with your emotions and with other people, because the habit is in response to those things, right? When somebody is driving you crazy and it's triggered all of these emotions and you're feeling stressed out because you don't know what to do, right? That's when you're reaching for food to try and self-soothe. If you removed the stressors and the triggers and the people, if we removed all the problems, right? You probably wouldn't be struggling with this because it's in response to those things. So it's not a matter of willpower, This has nothing to do with willpower at all and has everything to do with being under-resourced when it comes to knowing how to take care of yourself in more effective ways. And that's not your fault either, right? We live in a society that does a really terrible job at teaching our children and our humans how to take care of your human, right? How to take care of your emotions and, and your body. In fact, we have a society that spends a whole lot of money trying to get you to harm your body, right? If you think of all the marketing that goes into fast food advertisements or um, adverts for smoking or drinking alcohol, I mean, there's a very long list, but my point is, you know, we aren't taught self-care often. We're taught self-harm. And so your job is to recognize that you are not the problem society is the problem and you're now learning how to cope in a very toxic world and really take care of yourself when everything around us is pushing us towards living in a stressed state and reverting to really unhealthy coping mechanisms. The fifth mindset shift to make is to go from prohibiting to permissioning. When you prohibit yourself, you tell yourself, I can never eat this food. And permissioning says, I can eat this food. And I know it may feel true. I can't eat that, Sarah. I can't eat sugar. I can't eat carbs because I can't control myself around those foods. If I have one, I'm going to eat the whole thing. And a lot of times what happens when we prohibit ourselves, we restrict ourselves from eating those foods, that actually will set you up to binge on those exact foods later. And the permission paradox says that the moment you truly give yourself permission, that it is okay to eat the foods I like and that I trust myself to be able to have some and enjoy it with pleasure and stop when I'm satisfied, 
which side note may take a little bit of practice to begin to sort of retrain yourself how to do that. But it's entirely possible that you can. Actually, right now, I want you to do a little experiment. I want you to notice what happens in your body when you tell yourself, think this thought right now, I can never eat the foods I love again. Fill in the blank. I can never have dessert again. I can never have Thanksgiving dinner again. I can never have my favorite fast food restaurant again. I can never drink soda again. Like Whatever that thing is for you that you try really hard not to have or you tell yourself you shouldn't eat. But just feel how that that is in your body when you think that. I can never. I'm prohibited from having this thing I love. Oftentimes, there are some some visceral reactions that take place. Maybe it's contraction. Maybe there's resistance or a rebellion that comes online or a panic around the idea of never having something again. And then notice what happens when you tell yourself, I can have this. I can eat that food any time I want. It's okay. I'm allowed to like it. I'm allowed to have it. I can eat as much as I want that feels good without overdoing it. What happens in your body when you assure yourself it's okay to like what you like and to have what you want? Maybe you notice there's a softening or it's like taking a big sigh and and having this exhale where you let go of tension and stress, right? Maybe there's even a sense of like, thank God, or your inner child is starting to jump with like, Yeah, thank God, finally get to have what I like, right? So play with that and notice, you know, in your day-to-day life as well, what happens when you create those strict rules and, and prohibit yourself from having things you like. And then what happens when you permission yourself? And I want to just be clear that permissioning yourself means you have the option to choose. Permissioning yourself doesn't mean you're forcing yourself to always eat those things. You're giving yourself the choice that it's okay right? That I like this thing and that I want this thing. And it's okay if I choose to eat that thing, but you still get to decide in the present moment if that's a choice you want to make. So for example, I used to prohibit myself from having cookies and sugar. You know, it's like I would never buy it in the supermarket, couldn't have it in the cabinets. If we went out to dinner, I would tell myself, you know, you can't have dessert. And of course, that's all I wanted was to be able to enjoy dessert and for that to be okay. I used to say, you know, if I had three wishes, my first wish would be that I could eat anything I wanted and it wouldn't affect my body, that it wouldn't cause me to gain weight or feel sick. But I wanted that because I was denying myself that, right? And it's like, well, you can go eat a cookie. You can have a cookie after dinner and that's okay. That can fit into a healthy lifestyle, right? So it's about giving yourself the permission, and then empowering yourself with the choice that you're making in that moment. Because again, the permission paradox, the more you give yourself the permission that it's okay, the less overkill you become when you have it. And I noticed this, you know, it would be like, I'd sometimes be like, oh, Sarah, you can have a cookie. And then I'd be like, yeah, but you know what? I actually don't think I actually feel like a cookie right now. Like it looks good, but when I tune into my body, I... I'm getting to know, like, I just don't think I want that. I think I'm actually craving some real food. In fact, in the book, Intuitive Eating, the authors prescribe, you know, if if you prohibit yourself from eating Oreos, then permission yourself to stock your entire, entire kitchen and cabinets with Oreos from bottom to top. 
And very quickly, you will no longer crave that thing because you've permissioned yourself to have it and your brain and body believes, oh, there's plenty. I can always have more if I want to. The sixth mindset shift to make is shifting your food beliefs from good and bad to neutral. When you label foods as bad, then you feel bad when you eat them. And then you conclude that I'm bad. And if I'm bad, I deserve to be punished. And so then you beat yourself up with your words or your actions. One of the best things you can do is start to just view all food as food, period, or food-like products. But there isn't good and there isn't bad. There isn't morality in food. Food is food. Human beings project onto food their beliefs about it. A strawberry is a strawberry. A Diet Coke is a Diet Coke. These things aren't good or bad. They just are. Okay? So release any thinking, any language around good, bad, clean, and unclean. Those are other ones that we can just completely remove because they imply this purity around food. That just isn't helpful. And last but not least, the seventh mindset shift that you can start to make today on your journey to improving your relationship with food and eating in your body is one from I hate myself, therefore, to I love myself, therefore. Let me explain. Often what I encounter is women say, I need to change my eating habits because I hate my body, because I hate myself. So you make the choices of what you're going to eat from a place of hatred. And instead, what I want you to work towards is arriving to a place of because I love and care for myself and my body, I'm now making choices from that place. And it feels very different, even if the choice you make ends up being the same. So for example, with an energy of I hate myself, you may be, you know, this goes hand in hand with using the language that food is bad and prohibiting yourself from having those foods. You may tell yourself, ooh, I need to lose weight. I hate my body. I'm so uncomfortable in my skin. So I'm not going to have any sugar this week prohibiting yourself from having sugar because sugar is bad. Now, that decision is actually clouded with a frequency and energy of self-hatred and negativity. It's not coming from a place of alignment with self-love and caring for yourself. It's coming from a place of criticism of I am not good enough. My body is not okay. I do not approve of myself. I'm not willing to be kind to myself until I'm able to achieve whatever shifts you've pressured yourself to have to make. That feels awful. That's why people feel awful trying to force themselves to go to the gym, trying to force themselves to go on a diet because it's not coming from a place of self-love coming from a place of of self-hatred or not feeling good enough. When you begin to make the shift, and the shift is, wow, I actually am worthy and deserving as I am, even if my body is bigger than it's been in the past or than I'd like it to be, that doesn't mean I am not lovable. And that doesn't mean I need to withhold love and care for myself. In fact, because I love and care for myself, because I respect this body and everything she does for me, I'm going to start to make choices that actually feel good 
because I deserve to feel good, because I deserve to feel at home and comfortable in my body and skin, and because I don't want to neglect my body nor abuse my body. And then the choice you may make is on a daily basis from that place. Then you may choose to go to the gym, not because you have to torture yourself to lose weight, but because, wow, it actually feels good to move my body. I enjoy the exercises that I choose to do. I find movement that truly feels good for my body and I walk away feeling really strong and energized and healthy and full of vitality. That feels really good. It feels good to take care of myself in that way. Or, wow, because I love to feel good, you know what? I'm actually going to stop eating when I feel satisfied because it doesn't feel good to feel so full. It doesn't feel good to feel sluggish. It doesn't feel good to have a, a headache or crash later in the day when I've been only eating sugar and not including other micronutrients in my diet. I want to make sure that I'm just including, it's not about excluding, but I'm including lots of different nutrients because it feels good to take care of myself in that way. It feels good to eat an assortment of foods. It feels good to eat foods that fill me with life force energy. And it feels good to include some of my favorite treats in moderation too. I love to include all sorts of foods in my daily diet because I love myself, because it feels good to take care of my body in this way. Can you feel the difference between the two? Between the I hate myself, therefore decisions, and I love myself, therefore decisions. And you may be saying, but Sarah, I don't love myself. I don't know how to love myself. And my advice to you then is the classic fake it until you make it. I remember hearing a teaching from Teal Swan and she said, think about how you believe someone who does love themselves would act. Imagine how they would behave if you were an actor or an actress who had to take on the role of somebody who just loved themselves so deeply. How do you imagine they would act? How do you imagine that might feel? And do a little bit of faking it until it actually starts to feel true because you're either rehearsing not liking yourself through the words you speak and the thoughts you think and the actions you take or the other choice is to begin to rehearse how it would be to love and like myself through the thoughts I think and the words I speak and the actions I take. That is what reshaping looks like. The point of power is in the present moment. So anytime you catch yourself thinking or speaking any of the words that correlate with the mindsets I've identified for you to begin to shift, you have an opportunity to catch yourself in the middle of the old mindset and begin to shift it towards the direction of the new way of thinking and the new way of feeling that I've outlined today. Write them down and practice them. Rehearse them over and over and over again because practice makes permanent and that is how you create totally new ways of thinking and being and existing in the world it's through repetition repetition of thoughts repetition of the new mindset and the new attitudes that you are choosing to cultivate for yourself on this journey you are the the operator of your body and brain. So ultimately you do get this choice. And I know it can feel out of control or out of your control when the brain takes over because 
you've trained it to, to think in one way and now it's automatic and unconscious. But I assure you, you can do the thought work to begin to upgrade your mindset starting today. And if you really don't know how to do that and you want some support, that's what I do. That's the work that I do with my one-on-one clients and in my group program, Energize Your Life. And if that's something that you're curious and exploring to see if that's a good fit for you, you're welcome to book a discovery call with me. We can hop on a call and chat about your struggle with food, eating, and your body, what you've tried, and what goals you're working towards. And we can talk about my process to support you in making the changes you want. The link is in the bio if you want to book that. Otherwise, go work on practicing these mindset shifts and see what happens. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to follow the show so you don't miss future ones. And if you loved it, then please leave a five-star review so that we can share the love with others who may benefit from listening too.